Blibbity blop and bloobity blue. Welcome to Mitch Day's Storytime. Cue the doo-doo-doo music. to episode 8, The Shakespeare Paradox. Now, The Shakespeare Paradox is a fully improvised story that I've done improvised myself. Um, So, um, yes, go with it. Uh, It is about Shakespeare, because I have a very strange relationship with Shakespeare. He's been dead for a very long time and he still gets all the work. Oh, it makes me so mad. Um, He's just, you know, pinching money from all the... uh, the writer's pockets. Um, But he has inspired some great work. For example, the film uh, She's the Man (laughs) with Vinnie Jones. Um, That was a good one. You know, what what could we do without that in this world? Um, he, He did that. He made that happen. And, of course, The Lion King. Yes, The Lion King. And, um, yes, I mean, he invented Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, for that I am grateful, but uh, the long plays... Oh, sorry, Shakespeare, but plays do not need to be that long. You need to get your cutting scissors out and you need to cut, cut, cut and make them a little bit more interesting. And, uh, you know, the audiences will thank you because their bottoms will not be so painful and uh, rigid and basically dead. Oh, that play was so long. My bum is dead. Um, Well, anyway, let's listen, shall we, to my magical improvisation around just the topic of Shakespeare. And this is what my brain doth created. I shall speak to you afterwards. Back later. Alastair Richards was a very famous actor who took himself very seriously and the thing that he loved more than anything else in the world, William Shakespeare. He was obsessed with old Willie Shakespeare. He had memorised every sonnet, every play, every single word that the bard had written. Alastair knew by heart. He was so obsessed with Shakespeare and so successful in all of his plays. He had played Hamlet seven times. He had played Richard the first and second and fifth and sixth. And uh, he was very loved among the actor community, but seen as maybe slightly stuffy by just about everybody else. Um, But Alistair was very serious and very rich, very rich from his uh, time in various uh, films, which he had contempt for, but he was in them anyway. Um, 
Anyway, we are a few years in the future, and a new technology has been invented for very rich people. And we join Alistair when he first gazes upon the gate. So, what do you think of it? Well, uh, it looks very impressive. How does it work exactly? Well, you see, you do have your DNA sample, don't you? Yes, I do. And um, you do understand that you're absolutely only to meet people in your family. So you bring their DNA along, you put it in the slot, we close up the slot, we press the button, we program it for a year, and then you have 10 or 15 minutes maximum with that person, out they come from the gate, and then once you're done, they must walk back through the gate and with everything that they bring with them, and then the gate must close, and then they will forget everything ever happened, but you've had a lovely afternoon seeing someone from the past. Does that make sense? And does does everything is everything good with you? Well, yes. So am I your first celebrity visitor? No, not at all. No, we've had we've had all of them. We've had Elaine Page. We've had uh, Paul O'Grady. We've had um, Julian Clary. Um, who was that woman that we had last week? The nasty one from Twitter. Anyway, we've had loads of them. So um, so this is. I just put the the dinner in this little slot here. And then my family member will will come and see me. Yes, absolutely. And I'll just monitor from behind the glass. No. What? No, you mustn't. I I have something very personal that I must speak to. Old dear auntie Regina, I, I must speak to her and I mustn't have any interruptions. Well, it's highly irregular. I... I should be here to monitor the technology. You see, it's very precisely calibrated for this, you know, time wrangling. And, um, oh, I almost forgot. You must not put anything into the gate, okay? Your auntie Regina, was it? Um, she'll come through the gate. You'll speak to her. And if she brings in a basket and she puts the basket back, she must pick up the basket, but she must take the basket with her. Okay, I cannot make that clearer. What is your... Why does your voice change? <laughs> a minute ago you sounded sort of, you know, and now you sound sort of... Ooh. Well, this is the voice I've settled on, OK? Slightly nasal, all right? This is the voice we're going with. So this is my machine, and um, and it's very expensive. So have you got your million pounds? I hope. Here it is in a, in a little coin purse. Well, that's clearly not a million pounds. My card's inside it, you fool. Go and take it away, my... I'll put my pin code in. Don't look. There we go. Oh, that's all gone through. Brilliant. So, um, okay, I wouldn't normally leave the room, but for you, I will allow it. Um, I'll, I'll come back in in 20 minutes, say, okay? All right. So, um, yes, you're all clear. You've got your DNA? I have, yes. Um, I can't wait to meet him. Him? I mean, her auntie Regina, oh, she's so beautiful. I do hope she's wearing her favourite hat. Very good. Um, okay, I'm going to go out there and you just crack on, okay? I'll see you in a minute, all right? Um, have fun. And I hope that you get um, whatever it is off your chest and get some closure. That'll be nice, wouldn't it? Um, okay, all right. And he left and closed the door. 
and Alistair was left alone. And of course, there was no such person as Auntie Regina, and he had in his hands something that he had stolen from the Shakespeare exhibition that he was certain had Shakespeare DNA. This is my moment to meet my hero. I won't have anyone ruin it. I can't have anyone ruin it. I must meet old William Shakespeare and perform for him before I die. Oh, my agent told me that I'm just too old to play Romeo, and I'm even too old to play Hamlet, and soon I'll be too old to play Lear. Oh, and I've only played Lear three times. Oh, dear. Why am I narrating my own life to me out loud in an empty room I don't understand? Anyway, in we go. Let's put this, uh, this little jockstrap we found at the Shakespeare exhibition with uh, still some hair in it, and uh, we'll just pop that in the little box there, and, uh, and um, he just said, press this button, right, I see. No, oh, that was a strange noise. And the machine whirred into life. The gate before him, a huge monolith-like door of black and a blue, a bright blue aura of light came from around it, and suddenly the black gate just vanished, and from it a vortex of colour and light stretching, stretching, and from the distance he could see a silhouette. Oh my God, is it you? Is it really you? And then a big burst of light happened, <laughs> and there he was. Shorter than Alistair expected, but it was him, William Shakespeare, standing there in front of him, looking somewhat confused. Oh my God, where am I? Where am I? Are you, are you, are you William Shakespeare? Yes, I am. I was just, I was just on stage, just, I was just on stage one second ago. And now I'm here. Oh, I see. Well, um, you see, this is the future, and I am an actor, a devotee of yours, should I say, from the year 2036, and I have been in all of your plays. I know all of your works, and my one wish was to perform for you before I die. Oh, are you unwell in some way? No, not at all. Um, but, uh... May I, may I perform for you? And then I promise you, you can go back to your own time and, and complete no... Oh, just out of interest, which which play was it that you were just performing in? Oh, The Tempest. The Tempest is the one that I was doing. Oh, I adore The Tempest. In fact, I adore all of them. And as I said, I know every word and I can prove it. You you just name, you name a character and, and I'll do it. Any of my plays, any... Uh, let me think. Which one? Mm. Oh, I know. How about... How about the Duke of Gloucester? Richard. That's his name. <laughs> He's unsure himself. Um, you mean the famous Act One, Scene One of Richard III? The very same. <gasps> That's my favourite bit I've ever written. I love that bit. Love that story. Um, please do that one for me. Thank you. OK, well, um, brilliant. You sit sit down on the floor, and Shakespeare sat cross-legged on the floor like a child, and then Alistair took up his 
spot to do his Shakespearean speech. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by the sun of Yok, and all the clouds that lured upon our house, and in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now her brows bound with victorious wreaths, her bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarums changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. Grim-visaged war hath smoothed his wrinkled front, and now, instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasure of a lute. But I, that am not shaped for sported tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking glass. Can I just stop you there? Oh, sorry. Was I, was I going too fast? Did I pronounce something funny? That that I, I did get a funny word in there. That lechefus. Le, le I do struggle with this speech sometimes. It's just a little speech impediment. I heard as a child. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. Those aren't my words. What do you mean they're not my words? Your words. They're not. That's not Shakespeare. What do you mean? <sighs> the opening of Richard III is the Earl of Gloucester. Don't you mean Duke? <laughs> yes, the Duke of Gloucester. That's one bit you got right. Um, he was there, yes, but he was chasing a chicken. A chicken? Yes, a chicken. There's always a chicken in a Willie Shakespeare. People come from miles around to see the bits where there's a chicken. And there's always a chicken chase. And there's always a lady with big boobies. Um, and that's basically what Shakespeare's all about. Alistair didn't know what to think or what to say. This can't be true. Y you're definitely William Shakespeare. Yes, I am William Shakespeare, and I wrote Richard III about the early Duke of Gloucester, and, um, and it opens with a chicken. Allow me to demonstrate. Oh, I've lost me chicken. Where's me chicken gone? Oh, is it over there? Buck oh, there's me chicken. And there'd be a chicken over there that would normally be a young lady dressed as an alluring chicken, and then I'd chase her like this. Oh, come here, come here, come on, come here. I'm going to get you. That's how Willie Shakespeare's Richard III begins, famous across the land. Oh, Lizzie, that's what we call her, she wet herself when she first saw that play and she'd say, again, again, I want to see it again. That's how she talked. I don't believe it. Uh, no, 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 no. Um... Maybe if I, maybe if I, maybe there's just something in translation. Maybe, maybe I've taken you too early in your life. Perhaps you do a, a later draft later on. Well, I don't know. That one you just did, I mean, it didn't make any sense. It had loads of funny words in it, and I didn't really understand any of it. It just didn't really go anywhere. I mean, it's a very weak opener for a play, I have to say. I think, um, I think you could do better. And, um, it's not Shakespeare. It's just not, right? I don't know, because I am Willie Shakespeare. Willie. Willie Shakespeare. I see. Well, 
Right. How about I do something from uh, Romeo and Juliet? Oh, Romeo and Juliet. The Queen's second favourite play. Oh, is it? Um, and what did she say about, uh, about it, exactly? Oh, she wet herself three times. What? She said, that is succinct. Wait, 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 I'll do her voice. That was the most glorious play I'd ever did see. It was so funny. I loved it. Ooh. That's what she said. About the greatest tragedy ever written. Juliet and her Romeo. Uh, but I, I just don't believe it. I, I, I can't believe it. Well, you have to believe it. That is what she said. Romeo and Juliet is hilarious. But they die at the end. Yes, I know. That was her favourite bit. She loves that bit. Oh, how she loved. Oh, whoopsie. She's taking the poison. He don't know. Hmm. And, um, and then he thinks she's dead. So she stabs herself. Wait a minute. Have I got it all the wrong way around? He thinks... Well, it's something like that. They're both dead at the end and the Queen loved it. So hilarious. They're so young and stupid. No. Uh... I can't believe what I'm hearing. Juliet and her Romeo upon the balcony, the love, the love story and the, the families at war, the warring families. Oh, you got that bit right. There's a warring family, yes. The Capulets and the Montagues. Montague. No, it's pronounced Montague. And um, the Montague and the Capulets, they hate each other. They hate each other. They have a war because they both have stalls on this same market in Verona. And one of them has bigger melons than the other. And they have this war against each other because one says, these melons doth taste nicer for they is bigger. And then the other ones over the other side say, no, actually, the smaller melons contain more flavour and less Water, which dilutes the flavour, I think, hath fine death. I d what? This cannot be. I... Let me... Let me think a moment. Let me just... There must be some way to... To make this... Make sense. I mean... All the phrases that you came up with... All oh, my famous phrases, like, oh, look at her tits. <laughs> That's not yours. Please don't tell me you had that in your play. Yes, always. The chicken, the, the, you know, the glamorous lady, where she's a chicken, she's running around and whoops, out pop her chicken breasts. That sounds horrific. I... But originally it was just... Men. It was just men. It was all men. Even I have played many of the female roles in your plays. You know, when you do it properly. What are you talking about, no men? I mean, uh, <laughs> we talk about no women. Only men? That's rubbish. People wouldn't come to my plays if there was only men in it. They'd come for the sexy chicken. Oh, you've got it all wrong, this business about Shakespeare. Are you sure you're my biggest fan? And what did you say? 2030? God... You really are stupid, you people from the future. If you don't know you're really Shakespeare. Oh, God. Tell me... Tell me something. Tell me that I've got something right. Describe one of your other plays. Lear. Lear. Everybody loves Lear, and my Lear especially. Uh, 
When I walk upon stage holding my daughter, the audience's tears roll for weeks on end, and people send me fan mail and roses and tell me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. King Lear. King Lear and his special jester. What? King Lear and his special jester. That's the full title of the play. And in the play, King Lear has a jester and he pulls down his breeches and he gets a big feather and he tickles his bottom and the audience go wild for it. They go wild for King Lear. They go, oh, naughty Lear. He's so naughty with that feather and the jester. And the jester doesn't like it. He says, stop it, sire. Stop it. Stop it. It goes on for four hours and they love it. People pay double just to see it again. No, I don't know who you are, but you are not William Shakespeare. You are not. And at that moment, Willie Shakespeare took off his wig and itched his bald head. You wear a wig? Yes. I mean, I know I'm bald on the top, but I like to wear this long wig around my head because it's a very distinctive style. And this rough, it, you know, it stops all of my food going down my front. It captures it, tear it off, put a new rough on. It's lovely. I don't know who you are, but you are not my hero. Say, say that Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy. No, I won't. It's a comedy. It's the best comedy. It's my best work. My best, most funny work. No. And before he knew it, Alistair found he was so enraged he took his hands and he put them around the bard's neck. What do you think? What do you think? You bastard! I cannot imagine. You cannot. You cannot possibly. You cannot possibly be Shakespeare. You can't. I think I am. And then Shakespeare slapped him round the face and then dashed to the other side of the room. You're some sort of madman. You're some sort of madman. I am not. And Alistair looked around the cave. Did I mention they're in a cave? I don't know why they're in a cave. They're in a cave with a monolith-like door in the technology. That's just how I imagined it. I just forgot to tell you. Um, Alistair uh, picks up a rock and he says, Now this is your final chance. Tell me something. Tell me something of my life has not been wasted, devoted to you, my hero. What would you like me to say? I'll say anything. Just, Just don't. Don't hit me with that. Tell me something of... Tell me something of the Merchant of Venice. Tell me about Shylock. Oh, Shylock. Oh, I I don't think I want to tell you. If, If you've ruined that character, that speech, that beautiful, gorgeous speech that has no doubt... And no doubt repaired the human race. I don't think I could live with myself. I don't think I could live. I feel like a sham. And he was enraged. But Shakespeare didn't know what to do. He only knew The Merchant of Venice as he had written it. Well, there's this moment in Merchant of Venice when Shylock is there. And um, he is talking about how everyone has mistreated him. Yes, and is it funny? Um, I'm afraid to say. Tell me the truth. The truth, the real truth. Is it funny? 
Or is it tragic and beautiful? That tragic and beautiful, that's it. That's it. Well, there we go. Deliver the speech. Um, okay. Um, I have been so mistreated. Everyone is mean to poor Shylock. And you should feel for me. For you've... (sighs) What? That wasn't funny. I didn't say anything about chickens or boobies or anything. No, but you don't know the famous speech. If you prick us, do we not bleed? I mean, who are you? You are not my hero. Um, I think I'm going to go back through that blue wishy thing now. No, come back. And he grabbed him. And in the struggle, Alistair accidentally, or maybe slightly on purpose, hit Shakespeare around the head with the rock. No. And Shakespeare dropped to the floor. Oh no. What have I done? Ow. That really, really hurt. Oh. If you bash me, I do bleed. Well, it serves you right. Forgetting all your own quotes wrong. You're some kind of monster. You're not really Shakespeare. And then it suddenly dawned upon Alistair. He knew every single word of Shakespeare. Every sonnet. Every play. And there on the floor was Shakespeare's wig. Nobody knew it better than him. Maybe I can go back. And I can put right what is wrong. Perhaps all this time I have been my own hero. Just waiting for this moment. And he looked upon the blue swishy thing. What are you talking about? I don't understand, said the bleeding Shakespeare on the floor. I am going to go back. And I will be a better Shakespeare than you. And he picked up the bald wig with a funny hair around it. And put it on his head. Now, remove your clothes. Okay, said Shakespeare, awkwardly manoeuvring out of his strange Elizabethan clothes. Alistair didn't quite fit them, because he was quite much bigger than Shakespeare, but he put them on anyway, and had them squeezed around his body. He took one final look at the bleeding Willie Shakespeare, the real deal, and knew in his heart that this man was not the playwright of the universe, his great hero. So he took the first step and walked through the blue void and the door shut behind him. Oh my God, what just happened? And suddenly the engineer came back in the room. Oh, what's gone on here? Hello, Alistair, are you all right? Um, Alistair, is that my name? Something had clicked. The two men had switched. And that was the truth of the matter. The now real William Shakespeare had returned home. And the Shakespeare paradox was at an end.
Where it begins, or indeed where it ends, where does a paradox begin or end? It is in itself a para, blah, blah, whatever. Um, hello, welcome back. <laughs> Did you miss me? As if I wasn't there. Yes, um, if, you're, if you're thinking, oh, that, that actor character sounds a lot like his bad Ian McKellen impression, and um, William Shakespeare sounded a lot like Rumpelstiltskin, well... I don't want to spoil things for you, but they're all me. <laughs> they're all they're all noises what come out of my mouth. Um, so uh, yes, uh, but yes, you're right. I do need to put some 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 variety in. I need a non-ian non-ian in. But I'm so popular. People only listen for me. Get out, Ian. Get out. But I uh, I love I love you. I sorry, Ian. We've we've spoken about this. Get out. Get out. Oh, I'm going to go and eat my favourite meal. Twenty chicken nuggets. Crying in the back of my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, Ian, go away. And you over there, Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, what did I eat? What did I eat? Why were you here playing the role of Shakespeare? Well, because you wanted me to. I can't do it if you don't ask me. Did that make sense? Yes, you need to go away as well. Shoo, shoo. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you with this stick. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop touching me. No, no, not there. No. Yes, that's it. Go on, out the window. Oh, I already know your name. It's Rumpelmuffin. Um, yes, do I even have... Do I have any other characters? <laughs> do I have any other characters and are they here? Oh, the, well, there's this one. There's this. There's the prince, whatever his name was, Prince Caution, back in episode one. Um, I'm here too, just standing here in this lovely flamingo outfit, and I'm going la 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 la, woo la 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 la. Ah. Um, anyway, what has this got to do with anything? Oh, what has this got to do with anything? Indeed. So, um, yes, that was my Shakespeare paradox. Hopefully, whether you love or hate Shakespeare, you still enjoy that, because there's something for everybody. There's lots of Shakespeare references, and um, there's lots of uh, the opposite of that, the uh, the uh, what-the-hell-is-this kind of uh, thing going on. Uh, yes. Anyway, I must speak more slowly. I listened to one of my episodes back the other day, and I thought, shh, quiet, just calm down, calm down, calm down, and speak more slowly so the audience don't have a panic attack just at the sound of your rhythm. But sometimes I can't help myself. I'm a slave to the rhythm, slave <laughs> to the rhythm. Ian, get out, get out, what are you doing back here? Um, anyway, I should shut up now. Please give me five, this is five-star content, this is five-star content, so go into your stupid Apple app, click the five stars, there's no point to the others, there really isn't. It's five stars or nothing, preferably the five, and give a review, say how wonderful I am. Mitch Day Storytime is wonderful. If you're listening to a place that isn't Apple Podcasts, because it's not all about stupid Apple, um, that you uh, give me whatever the equivalent is there and um, tell other people that they must listen, especially if they're a Shakespeare fan or a Shakespeare hater. Haters gonna hate. I was gonna try and make that Shakespearean language, and I can't. Haters 
I keep saying doth. Is that the only one I know? <laughs> Haters doth hate. Uh, hate thou, thou'st hatest thou. Thy. Do you want me to help? No, Ian. I want you to leave. I've already told you. Go away. Anyway, please subscribe to this podcast. Please come back. For what is coming? What is coming, Mitch? What's coming? Well, more short stories and monologues performed by real actors that aren't me um, are on the way. They're all in development and they're... They're going to uh, come along soon and um, delight you. And anyway, you look beautiful. You are Deverne. Um, I'll be back with episode nine, because anything else would be stupid. Goodbye. Hello. Have you got smelly, sweaty feet? If you have, you should buy this special smelly, sweaty feet cream. You simply rub it on your feet and then everyone will smell it even stronger. Dear Santa, this year I would very much like a rocket launcher. I would like my rocket launcher to be the deadliest type of rocket launcher so I can blow up. My neighbour's cat. <laughs> I don't think a cat would meow after it's been blown up by a rocket launcher. Anyway, um, what can I do? Dear Santa Claus. <laughs> Dear Santa, how do you keep your hair so long and silky? Oh, oh. Oh, thank you for asking, lovely Santa and his long, sexy hair. I use Loribel. Loribel hair stuff. What's happened to my voice? Um, oh. <sighs> uh, sometimes the enthusiasm just goes, doesn't it?